Blog Talk Radio.
come together to worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. It's a beautiful thing. Think about it. Hands stretching all across the globe, all across the ocean, together worshiping the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. And it brings pleasure and glory and honor to our Savior. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, um, I've been thinking a lot of different thoughts all week. And I'm thinking a certain thing. I saw this billboard yesterday that disturbed me. And the message on the billboard was from a Jewish group. And the point that it was making was that the conflict that's happening on the other side of the world from where I am was my conflict too. And I didn't receive that because it's not my conflict. It's their conflict. And that conflict has been going on since long before any of us were ever born. And I have this resistance to allowing people or groups to drag me into their feud. It's not my feud, and God has not indicated to me that I need to receive it that way as my feud. So I was talking to the lady on the telephone a week or so ago, and I don't know why I started talking about it. I just did. We were on a completely different subject, and she lives in Washington, D.C. area. And I started talking about the demonstrations that were going on and how dangerous they had become. And you had the Jewish group one week, and the next time you turn around, it's the Hamas group. And it, they were having to take special measures because of it. And so I said this to her. And I hope that you don't find this offensive. It's just my little point of view. I do not believe that you can referee the Super Bowl from your lazy boy in your den with your remote in hand and your beer. I don't believe that. I believe that, first of all, you have to be selected to be the one to referee. You have to have the authority vested in you to referee. You have to have on the uniform of the referee. You have to wear that white cap because that distinguishes you from all the other referees. 
In other words, you actually have to be at the Super Bowl to referee the Super Bowl. You can't do it from your armchair or your lazy boy or your sofa at home. And so that's how I look at a lot of what's going on concerning Israel and Hamas. The people that are here, that are in other nations and in the U.S., cannot referee what's going on over there from over here. That's how I see it. I'm not picking sides with anyone. I'm simply saying that if you're so moved by such a situation, I would recommend you take an airplane and fly those 13-plus hours to get there and stay over there until you resolve the situation. But you cannot resolve that situation from over here. Amen? That's just my little point of view. I didn't discuss it with anybody but that lady on the phone that I never met before. And believe it or not, she actually agreed with me. (laughs) You can't be an armchair referee. If you're so impassioned, then you need to do what you need to do about it. And you can't do it from over here. Amen? Amen. And don't try to drag other people into your own family feud because you do know that those people are related to one another. They're related. Don't drag other people into your mess. Resolve it yourself. Amen? If you would seek your God, I think he'd come to the rescue out of mercy. That's what I've known him to be. Amen? So, nobody's going to drag me to pick a side. I don't have to do that. I can just pray for peace and pray for people to change their thoughts and their hearts as God would have them to and do what God wants them to do, not what they feel like doing. Amen? Amen. And that's Pastor's two cents on the news. But we're not here to talk about the news per se. We're here to talk about our Savior. He's our good news. I was in the post office the other day picking up some packages. And the trainee clerk handed them to me. And I said, is it Christmas yet? And she looked at me real funny. And I said to her, you know, you can have Christmas every day of the year if you want to. (laughs) And her eyes went, woo. (laughs) I said, you can have Christmas every day of the year if you want to. I do it that way. And she said, And when I grow up, I want to be just like you. (laughs) She didn't know what she said. She should have been quiet. I said, yes, you can have Christmas every day of the year. We all know that Jesus Christ was not born on December 25th. 
So since nobody really knows what day it was, you can pick every day of the year and enjoy Christmas. I remember when I was still working in the public, a lady brought her baby in to discuss something about her medication. And the technician started talking to the baby. And she said, you know, they told you Christmas only comes one time a year, didn't they? She said, well, that's not the truth. It comes two times a year. And the baby's face lit up. <laughs> and this wasn't one that could walk. This was one that's still being pushed. And the more she talked to him, the more he listened to her. And he was believing and hanging on to every word she said. She said, they're not telling you the truth. It comes two times a year. And don't let them get away with that one-time-a-year thing. Well, that was fine till the mother said, let me get my child out of here. <laughs> but you see, I have a completely different position. I believe you can have Christmas every day of the year, whether it's 365 days or 366. And if you're so inclined, Throw you another day in there if you really want to. <laughs> but I'm not limited to one day or one season. My Merry Christmas is Jesus Christ. I have him all the time. And so I can have Christmas every day of the year. And I hope that you'll come to understand how I feel about that. Amen? Amen. I believe many of you feel the same way, too. So we're going to do some repenting. Why? Because we're going to start getting rid of some old mindsets that we've had for a very long time. And we've not thought of them as being necessarily bad. It's just the way we think. But God has some new mindsets for us, new perspectives, new ways of looking at things from the way we looked at it before. That young lady in the post office had never heard that. I could tell by the expression on her face. But now she has an opportunity to change her point of view. You see, sometimes we kind of get stuck in a rut, and we look at everything the same way because that's the way it's been for so long. But Jesus says to us that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. So that means we get to leave the rung or the level that we're on, and we get to go to the next one with Jesus where we can see more. You know, when you're down on the floor, you see one thing. But when you climb a flight of stairs, the view changes, doesn't it? Well, we're going to keep climbing with Jesus, and we're going to see more and more and more of his kingdom. Amen? We're going to keep climbing with Jesus, and we're going to see better and clearer, and more. 
and it will change the way we think. It'll change what we believe, and it will change what we achieve. All right? So it doesn't matter if you're applying this in your work or in your housework or anywhere else. It works. If you keep going with Jesus, you get a better view. I think that's why he gave us so many mountains, so we could see there's a difference up here. You know, if you're on the top of a mountain, you can see what you couldn't see before. It's very clear. I remember the time when Pastor and I took Bishop Kanko to this particular restaurant in Jacksonville that's no longer there. And at that particular place, you could go to the highest floor, and it had a panoramic view of Jacksonville. And you could see all the way just about into Clay County from that place. It had a very panoramic view. He kept telling us, Jacksonville is just a village. And we went, no, that's wrong. Oh, yes, it is a village. It's just a village. I went, no, Bishop, you're wrong. We have the largest landmass of any city in the world. We're not a village. We got a lot of trees, but we're not a village. Well, you see, the problem was, When he came on his first visit, he was only exposed to certain places in Jacksonville. Nobody had taken him to see all of Jacksonville. So when Pastor and I took him to this restaurant, he stood, I said, come here, let me show you. So I took him through all the dining rooms so he could look from every window and see the panoramic view of Jacksonville. I said, see, all of this is Jackson. He said, no, it cannot be. I said, yes, it is. But Jacksonville is a village. I said, didn't they try to tell you that you were wrong? (laughs) Didn't they try? Your wife tried to tell you that you were wrong, and you wouldn't listen to her. I said, but you see, she was right. This is Jacksonville. You saw one little part of it on the north side, and you thought that was all of Jacksonville. But he was wrong. Once I walked him around to all those windows and said, see, as far as you can see, this is Jacksonville. He had to repent and say, I was wrong. I was wrong. And God's going to do that with some of us. We've looked at life from that little point of view, but God's going to take us to a higher place where we can see a panoramic view. And we're going to understand him a lot better. Amen? Amen. So we should look forward to that. It's going to be an interesting journey. Amen? So, Father, 
we've uh, we've done some wrong things. Why? Because we had the wrong point of view. And we were believing things that aren't quite accurate. But the more we we look into your word, the more we gaze into your eyes, the closer we fellowship with you, we start to see things differently. The Bible says that we look through a glass dimly, but on that day we'll see you as you are, face to face. But until that time, Lord, you're going to keep improving our vision. We're going to be able to see all the things you've been teaching us a lot clearer. So we repent of our waywardness, and we repent of our backwardness, and we repent of our short-sightedness, and we repent of our ignorance and our narrow-mindedness, and all of the hindrances that keep us from seeing the view that you have for us. Forgive us, Lord. We were trapped in our own mindsets and in our own thoughts and in our own beliefs. But you are going to take us higher, higher than we've ever been before. And we're going to see what we've never seen before. Now you take a few minutes and speak to the Lord. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. Amen. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. We receive the cup. Amen. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Thank you, Lord, for these precious moments where we share Holy Communion with you. They're sacred moments, Lord, that we will never forget, not even once we're home. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate your sacrifice for us. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for being our strength. We acknowledge that our weakness is an opportunity for you to show yourself strong on our behalf. Father, thank you for showing us that without Christ, we can do nothing. Yet through him, we can do all things because he strengthens us. Lord, we ask that you continue to gird us with strength when we are weak. Thank you for making our way perfect. Thank you for making our feet like hinds feet as you set us upon high places. We'll be sure-footed, Lord. Thank you for continuing to teach our hands to war so that we can break a steel bow in our arms. Father, you are the source of our strength. You are our refuge. You are a very present help in times of trouble. Well, Lord, trouble has arrived. Thank you, Father. When our strength fails and we feel weak, we know that you will not forsake us. You won't abandon us. Lord, we bow in humility before you, asking you to impart your strength into our lives. You are our refuge from the storm. You are the shadow from the penetrating heat. When we feel weak, we will say that we are strong because we know that you are with us. We wait upon you, Lord, as, and as we do so, you are strengthening our hearts. We choose to walk in courage because our hope is in you. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening us 
according to the promises of your word. We will not fear because you are continually with us. We will not continue in distress and anxiety with stress. We will not be terrified, for you are our God. You are faithful to continually build us up during our times of weakness. We find that to be a paradox, Lord, but actually it works out just fine. You are our support. You uphold us with the right hand of your righteousness. You said, let the weak say, I am strong. Father, we are strong. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, last night, I was trying to to watch a show that teaches you how to do certain things. And in the middle of the show, just as she finished picking the meat off those ham hocks, they had this alert come across the TV telling me about a possible tornado out in Bryceville. And they just kept talking about it. And kept making that loud noise, you know, the one that wakes you up out of your sleep if you are asleep. And they just kept talking about it. They talked about it all the way till past when she was uh, cooking the sausage, past the broth, past the seasoning. I didn't get to see any of that. Why? Because they were trying to tell me that a possible tornado was coming my way. And I needed to take shelter if that was what I needed. Me, I was more concerned about the recipe she was doing than the tornado. I didn't have any thoughts about that tornado. I said, Lord, there's a tornado out there. I'm handing it over to you. Thank you very much, sir. And I sat there and decided, well, since I can't see it on the TV, I'll see if I can find it on YouTube. And eventually I did. Eventually I found it. I found the sausage. I found the onions. I found the ham hock meat. I found the baby lima beans. I found the okra. I found the seasoning. I found it all. And I was quite pleased with that. <laughs> I said to myself, Lord, you know, I haven't eaten that in a long time. Hmm. It reminded me of what I used to enjoy, really enjoy, and I haven't in a long time. But I wasn't so concerned about that possible tornado in Bryceville. In fact, I didn't even text Brother Bill to tell him about it. The sky was all dark, the wind was blowing, the rain was going, and I was trying to find out what else she put in there. I'll tell you what she put in there. She put some shrimp. I said, okay, I got it now. I got ham hock, I got sausage, and I got shrimp. I got it now. 
I didn't think another time about that tornado. So now, saints, when you have God's perfect peace, you think about shrimp and butter beans and okra and stock and andouille sausage, if you like, and other things that taste good, but you don't think about the tornado. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> you do not think about the tornado. No matter how many times they run that announcement across the screen, you just go, Lord, you've already got this. I want to talk about something else. Now that we understand that life has storms and that there are warnings about storms, now we know what to do, don't we? Good. Find something great to eat. <laughs> you're going to have a storm? You think you're going to turn out my life? Let me find something before you do. So, today we're going to talk about who I am. Who I am? Yes, who I am. Boy, are you stupid? Really? Well, many of us have heard these words, and they crushed our spirit and left a deep wound in our soul until we allow Jesus to heal us. Hmm. Until we allow Jesus to heal us. Sometimes these words come from our family members. Yet other times they come from a respected authority figure. There once was a little boy who came to live in the U.S. from Korea. On the second day of first grade, the teacher was demonstrating how to write the alphabet. The teacher drew a large letter A, a capital A, on the blackboard and told the students to write exactly as she had, over two lines on their paper. Now, you remember when they used to give us that paper with the solid line and the broken line in between? Well, so it was. The little boy didn't hear the over, to the, the over the two lines part. He only heard, write exactly like me. Eager to please his teacher, he did what he understood as the instruction. And guess what? We do that too. We read the Bible, and we say, I've got it. And then we proceed to try to do what we believe the instruction says. Don't we? Yes, we do. But that's okay. That's okay. So he drew a big A that filled the whole page. As each student brought their paper to the teacher for checking, she nodded and said, that's good. 
But when she came to the Korean boys' paper, her expression changed. She said, no, no, this is wrong. You are a stupid boy. Well, what a blow. How hurtful. The Bible says in Proverbs that some words are as wounds. They go in like a dagger into the depths of the belly. So through the boy's elementary years and up to high school, he never studied or really tried. He got by with C's and a few B's, and he cheated a lot. Why bother, he thought. I'm not as smart as the others. I'm a stupid boy. It is amazing, Saint, how proclamations from persons of authority makes a difference in our perception of ourselves. You see, I was just talking about our perception and Bishop Tanko's perception. We have experiences in our lives that have given us erroneous perceptions. And Jesus is going to come correct our view. Amen? But we have to allow him to do that, you know? He's not going to fight with us. He's going to encourage us to do it, to allow him to correct our perspective. These statements can positively impact your life or absolutely devastate. Jesus reminds us that we have access to the mind of Christ. Really? Yes. Not only that, but we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So if you'll join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. There was a cousin of mine who had never written a book, but my mother had written several books of poetry, and she didn't think she could do it. But one day, while reading one of my mother's poems, she said, well, if Betty can do it, then I can do it too. She suddenly got a new perspective on her own potential. She looked at the work that someone that she knew personally and very closely did, and she said, well, If she can do it, then I can do it too. And some of us have a skewed picture of who we really are because we've not seen all we need to see. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? 
that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have access to God's thinking. So we can, by being guided, we can be guided by his thoughts and his purposes. We don't have to hold on to what we've always thought and what we were taught and what we have believed. We can be motivated and inspired by the thoughts of God. In fact, we are to be. Amen? We can look at our lives and say, well, I've lived most of my life. I've only got so many, so many years yet, and I may as well do blah, 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 blah. Remember, Bart, um, what was that man said? He took David food when they had to run from Absalom. And so, Barcelona. And so, what he did was, David said, why don't you come and, and stay with me in Jerusalem, and I'll feed you from my table. And he said, no, I'm 80 years old. Can I still hear? Can I still enjoy the food I take in? Can I enjoy the entertainment? No, I'll stay here around my own people, and I'll be buried here. But you take my servant on with you, and you do to him what seems right to you. That was his perspective. That was his belief mode. But David offered him another one. King David offered him a completely different one. You can leave where you are, and you can come with me. Well, you see, Jesus is trying to offer us that today. He's trying to offer us the opportunity to leave our present thought patterns and to come along with him. Sometimes, things we'll allow ourselves to come to the place that we realize the king is right. The king of kings is right. I've been thinking on this level all this time. But it's better to be with the king. Sometimes we'll allow ourselves to do that, and sometimes not. So the Holy Spirit reveals God's ways to us. He tells us that in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 13. The Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He can show you the perspective that you've never seen before. And it will make all the difference 
in your world. All the difference in your world. Jesus Christ, our Lord, has become our wisdom. Really? Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. He's our source of wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, Mom. Jesus Christ himself is our wisdom. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. When you don't know what to do and you don't know what to believe and you don't know what to think, ask God. He's never wrong. He's the only one who knows the beginning. And the end simultaneously. And all the passages in between. He's got the whole story and he's got it right. So when you don't know what to do and you don't know what to believe and you don't know what to think, ask him. He's your wisdom. Always ask him. You'll stay out of trouble that way. So we don't have to swallow Hold whatever folks may say about us. You know, folks are good at labeling people for some reason. They meet someone and they have to find some word in in their background that they are comfortable with to stamp you with, like a rubber stamp. I call it pigeonholing. But you see, none of us are pigeons. We don't fit in those little pigeonholes. And so people inappropriately determine who we are, what we can do, and what our capabilities are with almost no information about us whatsoever. It's called prejudice. That's what that is. To look at a situation or a person or an event and attempt to evaluate it on almost no knowledge, no truth, no facts at all. You just have a sudden opinion. You know, Jesus tells us in the word that we must judge righteous judgment. And if we don't, the judgment that we sow will come back to us because sowing and reaping is real. So we should be careful about that. So we don't have to swallow whole whatever folks may say about us. We can verify everything with him who is true. We can say, Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of truth. What I just heard, is that the truth or not? We don't have to believe everything we hear. So we don't have to have any more lies, and we don't have to have any more deception. We should come to know for ourselves the truth about ourselves. That's important. 
we should come to know for ourselves the truth about ourselves, even the truth that is not so godly. We cannot move forward with our own beliefs which are not the truth. We must become willing to allow the Lord to remove our blindness. Some of us were told that we would never amount to anything. Well, I was one of these. It happened to me. But I refuse to let that mouth tell me anything. I'll say it again. I refuse to allow that mouth to tell me anything. I decided to find out for myself. Saints, it's time for each of us to discover who we really are. We might be shocked. We might be doing better than we think or not. The way to discover who we really are is by knowing who God is. God likes to reproduce himself. He enjoys it. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God was talking, and he, he, he put it to writing. Why? So we could come back and read it over and over and over and over again. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. In other words, make them like us. That's interesting. It's interesting that God would have that point of view. Now, isn't it? It's quite interesting. So, see, we are created to be like our creator. God is love. He created us in love. And by the way, that's how children are supposed to get here. He created us in love, for love, and to love. Most of us have never looked at ourselves that way, but we should. Our identity can never be understood separate from the love of God because that's who we were designed to be. This is why the greatest commandments are to love God and to love people. The spirit of love is who God is and who really we are. We need to understand that there are new levels to move into as we grow in the Lord. There is a season to assess 
where you are in your journey with the Lord. Though God was a father to Adam and Eve, from the moment they disobeyed God, their descendants were born under the curse of sin. Automatic separation from God and a destiny of death. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sin. Some things you inherit, you really wish you hadn't. (laughs) And that's the way it really is. Amen? King David came to understand the reality of our fallen nature. He says in Psalm 51, verse 5, Psalm 51, verse 5, Psalm 5, 1, verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Well, sin has been with me from the beginning. That's what he's saying. Jesus said this in the Gospel of John, Chapter 8, verse 34. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Now that's a good reason to stay clean, saints, don't you think? Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You should think about that. You should think about that before the next time you start an argument with somebody that you you, you could have avoided. The next time you open your mouth in strife or you're trying to get back at somebody, that you shouldn't be getting back at anyway, you should think about this. It will make a difference. I'm certain that it will. And when they smart back at you, you will close your mouth. Amen. The word is here to help us. You see, I prayed for God to strengthen us where we're weak. And some of us, when we want to make our point, we just refuse to bite our tongue. We're going to get that little snippet in if it's the last thing we do. But the Bible says, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. Don't worry, Jesus is here to help us. So, at the beginning of our walk with Jesus, we come to acknowledge that we have sinned and have been a slave to sin 
with Satan as our master. It becomes a very scary reality. We grasp that our sinful nature and our wicked choices have come between God and us and made us his enemy. That's serious. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21. And you say, and me, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I appreciate the reconciliation myself. We are unable to change our own sinful nature. We cannot free ourselves from our bondage to sin. But Romans 7 gives us hope. Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 24. Romans chapter 7 beginning with verse 24. <sighs> oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Every time I engage in this certain activity, things will be going fine, and then before I know it, I've sinned. Lord, I keep doing it over and over and over and over again. I don't seem to be able to get myself out of this. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's who's going to deliver us. He's come to our rescue. So, it's Jesus who frees us from our bondage to sin. Yes, it's Jesus. Jesus Christ, our deliverer and savior. God has provided a way for us to be transformed into a new creature through Jesus Christ. The thing about it is we can't stall out on it. Amen? Through Jesus, the sinful nature is crucified, and we have a new nature. So go back a chapter to Romans 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And we're going to verse 17. Romans chapter 6, and we're going to verse 17. 
But God be thanked that we ye were the servants of sin. Well, what does that mean? That means pretty much sin had you in ball and chain and drug you around wherever it felt like, and you went right along with it. That's what it means. But, see, a change has come. Ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine or teaching which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. Ye became the servants of righteousness. You asked Jesus to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior and change you and forgive you of your sin. And when you did that, you became free from sin and you became the servant of righteousness. Instead of sin yanking you around with a ball and chain, you were free to choose righteousness. So let's do that. Let's choose righteousness. You know, sometimes we're so blinded, we haven't spent the time with the Lord we ought to, that we don't necessarily notice at the beginning that we're about to get ourselves into some trouble. But somewhere down there, flags, little red flags, go to popping up all over the place, all over the place. They just pop up. Sometimes we ignore them. Sometimes we say, okay. But they're warning you, just like that warning that came on the TV. Danger, danger, danger ahead. When the little red flags pop up, saints, don't ignore them. Take them to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I have three red flags. And pastor said, when I get red flags, to bring them to you and talk to you about them. That way you can avert danger. Remember when God was talking to Cain and he was trying to convince him to go the right way and Cain decided to have a stubborn, haughty attitude and he didn't do the right thing? God tries to keep us out of sin if we will listen to him. Amen. Amen. Remember we prayed for him to make our way perfect? Well, that requires our full cooperation. Remember we said in Amos 3.3, two can't walk together lest they be agreed. Well, that means we have to come out of agreement with the devil, come out of agreement with what we think, And lean not to our own understanding. All of our ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. Am I correct? All right. Well, we've gotten that far. Amen. So, we are no longer slaves to sin. We have become servants of righteousness. When you're a servant, what matters most is who your master is. You see, that's why some people have a hard time when they first come to Christ. Their old master is trying to get them back. 
They've been his flunkies for a long time, and he's rather upset that they jumped ship, so to speak. This change marks the transformation from sinner to saint. From sinner to saint. I call you saint, don't I, miracle? I call you saint all the time. You see, the Greek term for saint is the same word that is used to describe God's very own spirit. All throughout the New Testament, believers are referred to as saints. Romans chapter 1, verse 7. Romans chapter 1, verse 7. Romans chapter 1, verse 7. To all that be in Rome, Beloved of God, call to be saints. Hmm. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Call to be saints. Not just any old thing, saints. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 27. Romans chapter 8. Verse 27, Romans chapter 8, verse 27. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints. Intercession for the saints, according to the will of God. For the saints, doesn't say for the sinners, doesn't say for the unbelievers. It says because he maketh intercession for the saints. So turn the page to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Distributing to the necessity of saints. I'm waiting on your card. I have some, but I'm waiting for more. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. We know how to do that, even across the ocean, don't we, saints? Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, and we're going to verse 26. Romans chapter 15, verse 26. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. So we have saints that are financially prosperous, And we have saints that have financial need. And we have saints all in between, don't we? And on rare occasions, the Lord has told me to ask you to do what he would have you to do. 
and that is to make a contribution for a poor sake. I don't think I've done that more than three times. No, this is not the church where we take up four offerings in one church service. I think you know that. However, when God says, this is what I want you to do, you know I'm going to do that, don't you? Praise the Lord. And God expects us all to respond. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified, set apart in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, to be saints. I know you read right over that before, but call to be saved. Say, I am called in Christ Jesus to be a saint. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus. To the saints. Paul was called to minister to the saints. It's a high calling. But God has called you to this. Let's go to chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. I really enjoy this particular scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. You're not a stranger, and you're not a foreigner. You're fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of the household of God. So everybody who thinks their natural family is all they've got, you just told yourself a big fib. It's time to change your perspective. And God is explaining it to you, that you are now fellow citizens with all the saints, with Moses and Abraham and Paul and everybody else and all the ones that are still here. And you are of the household of God. Amen. 
So we should consider that. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Amen. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, to all the saints. Did you notice the saints came first? They were mentioned first. Then the bishops and the deacons. To all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, the saints were mentioned first. It's a high honor to be a saint of Jesus Christ. And some of us need to get a good grasp on that. Many Christians still believe that they are merely sinners saved by grace. They heard it for so many years that they think that's, that's the total expanse of their walk with God. They're still just sinners saved by grace, and every day they're going to sin, and on and on and on. They've heard that for years. And they're trapped in that mindset. But saints, the truth of the matter is that we're far more than that. But now we are saints of God living by his spirit. Not only are we saints, we are also a royal priesthood. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It doesn't matter what people have said or thought about you. This is who God says you are. And you ought to believe it. But ye are a chosen generation. Chosen a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're not just anybody. You're a saint of God. You're part of the household of God. You're part of a holy nation. A peculiar people, that doesn't mean weird. It means you're set apart to God for his purposes. You're not just anybody. You left that behind you a long time ago, and there's no need to look back. So the next time you find yourself tempted to act like the old you, Please remind yourself that the old you got nailed to the cross of Calvary and you can't go back and get it because there's a bus station there now. You got it? It's over. You cannot go dig it up. They put concrete on top and put a bus station out there. And that's the way it is. 
He said, really? Seriously. We are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So you cannot say that I have no affiliation with other denominations that are right in Christ. I don't know any of those people, and I I just don't, don't know about those people. I remember when I tried to tell some people that I love dearly that there's more than one kind of Baptist. There are Baptists who speak in tongues. There are Baptists who move in the gifts of the Spirit. There's all kind of Baptists. As much as they wanted to partake of the Word, that's the kind of Baptists they are. And just because it says Baptists on the front, on the marquee, doesn't mean you can, you can designate them to be what you thought Baptists were. You'll be wrong every time. Some of you say, well, those Catholics. Well, let me tell you something. They're Catholics who speak in tongues. They're Catholics who operate in the gift. They're Catholics who actually believe the word and walk in it. I know this may shock you, but it's the truth. So it's time for some old perspectives to change. What you thought was so may not be so in every instance. I remember this particular friend of mine didn't want to believe what I said about Baptists. So the Lord made that person go on the Internet and look it up. And I know that that was the case because I turned it over to the Lord. And then they came back and made this little snide remark. Sabrina knows a lot of things we don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's so. You see, just because all you've ever eaten is mustard green does not mean that collards don't exist. Just because all you've ever tasted is mustard green does not mean that turnips don't exist. They're all green. Is that plain enough? So we have to learn to allow God to change our perspective. Amen? Just because you know one thing doesn't mean that there isn't more to learn. Amen? I feel sorry for the person who's only ever tasted mustard greens. They're missing collars. They're missing turnips. They're missing all kinds of good taste. And I'll be happy to introduce them to you. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You see, some people think grits are terrible. And so they go to the restaurant and they want to order one grit. And then I have to hold my face in place so I don't laugh. Because that's the most ridiculous thing. (laughs) And I heard somebody do that. I heard somebody do that. I was sitting in a restaurant in Tampa, Florida, and I ordered my breakfast. And I heard this northerner come in and sit behind me. And they asked the waitress, could I just try one grit, please? I just sipped some more of my coffee and pretended I didn't hear that. That's just not the way it's done, you know? So, see, just because that's your perspective, you see, it doesn't mean you've got the whole picture. So let Jesus take his paintbrush and begin to fill in some more of your canvas that needs some more paint, okay? Amen? You don't see the whole picture yet. You say, what a beautiful waterfall. And then Jesus begins to paint a tree right there on the shore. And you're like, where'd that come from? Well, actually, it was there all along. You just hadn't noticed. You've got to allow him to do that. It's part of submission to our Lord. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of mind the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. Can we get there? Can we get there today? I've been believing for us to get there. Not only that, we are the body of Christ, and we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Good news, our Heavenly Father has proclaimed this over each of us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Well, guess what? This has a progressive flow to it, too. You keep moving into the new. You hold fast that which is good as you continually move into the new that God has for you. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I know you know this one by heart. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, 
who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm living in this same body, but I'm a new person. And I'm becoming a newer person every day. You see, serving the Lord is a privilege and honor. Jesus did not die on the cross just to acquire more service. He has an abundance of these. They are called angels. And we've talked about them. Jesus gave his life to set us free for a purpose. We were meant to be more than servants to our holy master. The disciples understood that Jesus was their master. Some of us need to get a greater revelation of this aspect of our relationship with Christ. They addressed him as such. They had left everything to serve him and to follow him. Then after three years, Jesus said something shocking to them. It's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, beginning with verse 13. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, beginning with verse 13. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, beginning with verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this that a man laid down his life for his friend. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. How do we remain friends with the Lord? If we do whatsoever he commands us to, that's how that works. This was a divine promotion. The king of all kings and the Lord of lords no longer regarded them as servants, but he was inviting them to be friends. This was a pivotal place of change. It changed how they saw themselves and how they related to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It changed how they saw themselves and how they related to the Lord. Servants work to please the master. Many times 
working with a flavor of fear. Some work for favor and reward. Others to avoid punishment. See, you think everybody that serves the Lord saves them for the same reason. Wrong. Wake up, church. That's like saying everybody that approaches the altar in marriage do it because they love one another so. Wrong. Everybody has their own reason. Mm-hmm. See, law. Friends do not work to please each other. Friends just find joy in each other's presence. Friends are willing to serve out of love, not fear. Jesus says that the love of a friend is willing to sacrifice one's life for another. We are God's friends. As his friends, we continue to serve the Lord in all we do, but our mindset has changed. Our vision has changed. Our perspective has changed. Mm -hmm. You can be a servant to someone without being a friend. But you cannot be a true friend without being willing to serve. Think about that. That's food for thought. Mm -hmm. A servant can even love and honor his master, but it is very, very, very different from the love of a friend. Jesus who is our ultimate friend, lays down his life for his sheep. He reminds us of that in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11. He says to us, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Is your relationship with God that of a servant to a master? Or have you become his friend? This is what we're going to do for homework. We're going to meditate on the answer to this question all week long. Amen? And the question is, 
your relationship with God that of a servant to a master, or have you become his friend? You'll have to answer that. Pastor's not going to answer that one for you. Amen? <coughs> Amen. Now, after you've meditated on that, then you need to ask the Lord if his answer matches yours. Amen? Amen. It's important. Pastor Pat used to always remind us to live as close, close, close to the Lord as we could. We live in treacherous times, and I think we all know that. It's important to be close to the Lord. It's more important than breathing. (laughs) Amen? You cannot tell when it will be the last moment that you need to breathe on earth. You might not need to breathe much longer. You don't know. It's good to know, but if you don't know, stay close to Jesus. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for the armor of God. Thank you for this close relationship that you've called us into. Thank you that you are our shepherd and we shall not want. Thank you that you supplied all of our need according to your riches and glory. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we cast all of our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. We thank you that you're the God who heals all our diseases because by your stripes we have been healed. And your joy, your joy is the source of our strength. We find strength in the blood of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, We bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders. We cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness, which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and we close and seal all portals, channels, and open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to a strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind all the sources of witchcraft attacks, and we return the attack onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, electronic, digital, and technology demons and their attacks, leviathan spirits, brainwashing spirits, kundalini spirits, water and marine spirits, sex devils and their attacks, all of their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, 
pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust and drone spirits, yes, Lord, whoredom spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer and the seducer and their attacks, all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and techno-paganism and mind control by the occult. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex crimes, cyber sex, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave, radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations which are demons. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. We bind all targeted radio frequencies, pulse weapons, all microwave attacks, sonic frequency attacks, the work of every druid. We bind all microwave frequency weapons, 5G and components, all weapons coming from what we call outer space, from any orbit, from any planet, from any satellite, from any station on a planet, from any star, coming through the satellites to the cell towers and through our devices in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power over any beams that are being sent to us as weapons. We raise the shields of faith and return them from whence they came in Jesus' name. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, from the point north, from the point south, from the point east or west from us, and all points in between. We take authority, dominion, and power and bind the works of every cult, every false religion, every lie, and every deception in Jesus' name. We bind the occult work of indigenous groups and tribal groups. We bind cults and covens of witches, of warlocks, of wizards, of witch doctors, of shamans, of government and non-governmental organizations in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit, every agenda, every plan, every scheme, every device of groups under the heading of the Illuminati. We bind you each individually and collectively in the name of Jesus. We send you into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind every enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every enemy is bound in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind all Morgellons attacks. And we return every attack to the senders. We bind Latin American and Caribbean black and white magic. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them in their shifted form for eternity. We bind all demons responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind 
impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect. We bind all satanic ritual abuse, devil, satanic worship, witchcraft dedication, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of Injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind food, lust, addictions, and gluttony in the name of Jesus. We return to sender according to the covenant all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, blood rituals. Every boomerang and each payback And all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual Ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us Astral projections sending demons to us to work against us And against all that pertains to us No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights Returning to sender our witchcraft attacks through channeling and the satellites against the website and app. It, binding all abortions as a magical ritual. Binding all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, juju, hexes, vexes, and such. Binding all tribal witchcraft and returning to sender in Jesus' name. Binding all Chaldean witchcraft and returning to sender. Binding all Spanish witchcraft and returning to sender. Breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink, which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, binding superficial religious acts, binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charm, pie magic, and folk magic spells, binding the demons of energy, boomeranging their wicked works upon them, binding on magical language, magic signs, and magical patterns, even in numbering. Binding synchrony, binding and caging Poseidon and other underwater demons and stripping them of their crowns, powers, and thrones and transferring them back to Jesus Christ, binding all conjurations and summoning of demons, binding Jewish black magic, mysticism, magic writings, artifacts, binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic by practitioners, divining practices, magic spells and potions, amulets, bowls, precious stones, and etc. and incantations. Thank you, Lord. We bind all false flags. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, Make Believe Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, La La Land, 
false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressor, and the spirit of the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos and mayhem, oppression. We bind oppression in every form. We bind oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, by psycho, ooh, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind all. Human, demonic blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and solely sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. Hmm. We bind all drug sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits. Rioting abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, violence, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, On, all false deities. In Jesus' name, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72. And we chain you all with eternal chains under darkness and send you into the spiritual cage to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We undo the work of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, signals. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. Yes, we do. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, or pact. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grips, Freemasonry, and we bind the rituals of every secret society and the work of the affiliated organizations in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the lay of the sins. We bind the insanity, pride, work of errors, foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled and misleading others. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head. According to the scriptures, we bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. 
Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we command every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred us to be bound, and leave us now in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Palestine and over the whole world. We pray for kings and all who are in authority and all true Christians, especially those that are being persecuted and the January 6th prisoners and everyone who has been detained unnecessarily and in persecution or left behind in Afghanistan or some other place. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Father, we cover ourselves and our transportation in the blood of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over all interference in our traveling in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you have dispatched your angels ahead of us. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God that protects us. We thank you for the warring linking angels. We thank you for the linking shield. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. Father, we cover ourselves and our property with the, blood of your, with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over any demon of attack, either through dreams, nightmares, sex dream, or anything or anyone trying to get into our dreams. We command them to stay away. We thank you for angelic warrior protection day and night, and we give you praise for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. We pull out our fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, all witchcraft and curses and its return from whence it came in Jesus' name. We cut and burn and destroy silver cords and ley lines and sever from ourselves all ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreements with the demonic realm. We break down, undam, blow up, destroy, stomp on, Walls of protection around our witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, sorcerers, and such. We break the powers of charms, love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, fetishes, psychic prayers and thoughts, bewitchments, death spirits, jinxes, potions, mind control, pain, sickness, destruction, incense and candle burning, torment incantations, chantings, ungodly blessings, hoodoo, crystals, root work, tribal rituals, and sin, and all of the forms of the occult and witchcraft being assailed against us. We send it back in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We return to the sender, hatred, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Spirits of blindness, bondage, heaviness, fear, and hate. We thank you, Lord, for opening our blinded eyes so that we can see, so that we can see and have the perspective that you want us to have. We submit our present perspectives to you, Lord, and we ask you to come and change what we see and what we believe. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What we see and what we believe. Sometimes we don't believe the right thing, Lord, but you will come to our rescue. Amen. 
Pastor loves you, church. Rise for the benediction. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And everyone said amen. 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 Releasing upon the saints a miracle outreach ministry, the peace of God. Amen. 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 Some of you need to be here to You die. 